wow, my why is becoming more of being a person for others. everyone welcome to another episode of two cents over coffee i'm your host sharvin lurido and let's get this podcast started as always before we start feel free to grab yourself a cup of coffee or any drink of your choice while listening in so that you can enjoy the full experience of our episode today Thank you to our listeners from the previous episodes for coming back and for our new listeners on this podcast, welcome. This is a very special episode because we're going to have a special guest for the very first time at Two Cents Over Coffee. So who I have here is a very esteemed personality in UP, I guess (laughs) we can call him that. Um, a bit of a background, as usual, in any kind of um, introduction. Naman. So he is an assistant. Prof- Are you still an assistant professor? Yeah. So um, an assistant professor for almost 14 years um, in the Department of Speech, Communication and Theater Arts in UP Diliman. Also for 14 years, almost 14 years, a student affairs coordinator in the College of Arts and Letters. Uh, officer in charge for almost... Um, eight years, I believe, in uh, Office of Scholarships and Student Services, so very close to the heart, uh, the hearts of many ISCOS and ISCAS. Uh, Senior Deputy Governor of the Rotary Club, apparently, and a PhD candidate at the Ateneo de Manila University. So let's all welcome Professor Ken Hamandre in our Two Cents Over Coffee podcast for today. Hi, Mm -hmm. sir. Hello, everyone. Hi, uh, Sherwin. Uh, I just want to give you like a quick chance to introduce yourself because these things are, you know, the things that you read on uh, on a person's LinkedIn page or, you know, someone if, if they are in a research paper or anything. But I just want to give you the chance to introduce yourself the way you see yourself because uh, my perception of who you are, your student's perception of who you are could be different mm. to how you see yourself then. So I just want to give the floor to you to introduce yourself before we start. Um, I'm essentially Ken to most people. It's Neil Kenneth Hamandre for my entire identity as an adult. Almost 40 years old there very soon. And beyond the professional items, the requirements, the CV details. I believe with the mention of the age, I'm on this mindset and and outlook in life where those things matter, probably for work. But what's more important right now is my uh, peace to myself in terms of how I embrace those things the CV items, the professional affiliations, they will, they will be part of me because I know I worked hard uh, to, to achieve those. But a big part of me changing right now is also downplaying those things because I'm at a stage where I'm just looking at what's more essential. They, they, those are essential, definitely. But when people ask, so who are you, for example, it's not 
automatic for me to say, yeah, I'm taking my PhD. I'm more concerned. I'm more excited. I'm more authentic when I get to share about friends, family, my long lost childhood interests and uh, work topics will be good for another day. So I think that's a, a bit of an abstract way of sharing who I am. Yeah, I'm so glad they asked that question because it's very high level talking about someone's accomplishments, their roles in different affiliations. So uh, just a bit of background. Um, I wanted to do my MA in speech comm in UP Diliman, which is where I met uh, Sir Ken. He was supposed to be my thesis advisor, but um, as you know, I've tried so many things, which in a way some people might consider a failure, but I guess it's it just wasn't the time yet for me to to have my supply or have my um, MA in speech comm. It's still definitely there, but at this stage, I have uh, different priorities then. But anyway, going back, um, I guess the reason why um, I asked Sir Ken initially is because I wanted to talk about communication, especially in this podcast. We're talking more so on, you know, how to be adults, how to set goals, how to plan your life and things. And one of the most fundamental thing that I believe every person should have is communication. But then I was doing my research and I just had to pivot because I saw one of his interviews in the Rotary Club and he shared their history uh, from when he was young and then, you know, like um, his life as an ISCO as well and whatever his accomplishments are to date. So is it okay for you to share with us those um, moments where you took a leap of faith and what happened afterwards as well? Sure. I love hearing your uh, manner of speaking, but we'll get to that later with the (laughs) communication aspects. But allow me to give an overview about the life story, so to speak. I grew up in the province, and it's from Iloilo. I do come from a middle-class family. And in fact, just two weeks ago, um, since I haven't gone home for two years because of the pandemic for many factors, I even got to discover a lot of things that I didn't know growing up. I mentioned middle-class because it's a status in life where you get to examine the things that you value and the things that you can actually uh, forgo because it will always be relative. So growing up in the province meant being part of a small community. So you practically know the neighbors, you know the parents of your closest friends, uh, they feel safe when you sleep over. So my family was pretty much a normal, typical family with, of course, some drama that I probably will reveal in a future book if I, if I get the chance. And then school happened. I believe I focused more on school. I also did have the opportunity to cultivate many meaningful relationships. And then life kind of got hard at one point because of finances. I was, I believe, too innocent then to understand the implications of so are we, are we really poor? Because I don't really feel poor. I was distracted by school. I believe that my parents did their best to provide us with everything they could. I wasn't resentful, 
so to speak. I, I believe that I wasn't that angry at a certain point. I just wanted to continue with what I believe was uh, important at that time. So it's pretty, basically from kinder to high school. And then a turning point was the college life because it meant entering the University of the Philippines. And I had a journey at UP Miagao and then UP Diliman. So the leap of faith there was a decision. Okay, I'm kind of tired of this life. You know, you grow up, you have some raging hormones, you have your angst starting to build up. Uh, I was a pretty private person on many levels, but I also had big dreams. So maybe this, the, the provincial slash city life in, in that area uh, was enough, but I also wanted to be independent. And by independence, I did value really what it means to be free. And being in UP uh, meant that special kind of freedom that you can probably not experience in other contexts. Because we were, we were, we had financial problems. I started to feel, okay, so this is a difficult life. Um, this is uh, kind of an awakening from poverty uh, because it meant uh, having less in life, you know, without uh, making too much damage, uh, so to speak, with uh, some details about my family. So that opportunity to study in UP Diliman changed a lot of my uh, perspectives. That deep of faith meant literally going, taking a boat from Iloilo to Manila with, I think I remember one bag, small bag, a few thousand pesos, and just being a big dreamer. My family didn't know I was going to transfer. They just know, they just have an idea that I'm going to have a summer class in Diliman. And I actually was prepared uh, to leave. That kind of decision probably is not uh, usual for a lot of people. That was one of those risks I took because it felt right. I knew that I had to do it. So prom D, settling in Manila, high cost of living, a very simple life in the dorm. But thankfully, I believe I was still committed to studies. And I just went on to study and study and study, stay as long as I can in the library eat as little food as I, I, I could. It meant choosing between photocopying my readings or eating. So I've reached, I, I, I experienced those things. Um, that's why scholarships, they were very important to me for survival. This is not to say that nobody helped me. I had my family and relatives, but it was basic to say the least. So I had to grow up very quickly. Um, my brothers, uh, some of them, they were concerned, especially my mother, uh, eventually. But in the end, you know, you're in a big campus. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. You're, I was concerned with my accent. 
because I may be speaking in a different way. I may be looked at by people. I was struggling to make friends. Do I join an organization? But I was just very blessed on many levels because I was able still to achieve my goal of getting quality education. Uh, save those nights where you're just down and you're thinking in your dorm room, kaya ba? Or sorry, just to, to translate it, will, will, will oh, I no, make okay. it? <laughs> yeah, will I make it? And uh, I think the, the support system was there, but it also came from deep within in terms of uh, making it until the supply happened. You know, this, the sunflower moment for those who can understand the UP experience. It's just so symbolic. Um, and my last point, sorry, at this point is the idea of, so high school, uh, grad, uh, college, and then graduation. I think the anecdote I can share that there is, when, we, when I graduated, finally, my mother was able to afford some money to go to Manila to attend my graduation and I had to borrow money from a friend. I think it was 500 pesos or 1,000 just so we could celebrate. And, and that's how simple yet special it got. And when I look back from where, I am, where I'm standing right now, it makes those experiences special because it, it, it built who you are. It made who I am um, in terms of what I value. And that's just from the college experience. So I hope that's an overview. Yes, yeah. Uh, I was just, I wanted to highlight as well because we tend to downplay the efforts that we put in when there are people helping us sometimes. Like if you got help from, I don't know, like relatives or from scholarships and things. In reality, it takes so much work as well because no matter how much, let's say, privilege or, you know, how much help you get from people, it's still dependent on the person doing the work on what they would do with those privileges and those uh, help or resources that they've got. So it sure is an inspiration for those who are experiencing it, considering that majority of the people in our country are going through the same things like just looking at the news people who are you know kids begging their parents to to swap chicken for an android phone so that they could attend online classes did you plan these things to happen in your life like um obviously you mentioned earlier that you had that in the back of your head that you're going to transfer to Diliman. But after that, like when you did transfer, did you have a plan that I'm going to be in the academe helping students out? I'm going to be in the Rotary. I'm going to be working to give students or help students have scholarships and, you know, all those other things that you're doing. Did you plan that, sir, when you, when you finally, you know, had a better understanding of what you want to do in life? My high school classmates and my close friends can attest to my ambitions. I think I wrote, I will be a broadcast journalist. So in line with that, 
aspiration, people would think I would be in media. I did enjoy the high school paper because I was, I think, part of the editorial board. And I would like to acknowledge my school, Iloilo Central Commercial High School or ICCHS or Huashong. It's a Chinese school. And from, from the get-go, I think I, I knew I had an interest in communication, in humanities. But it was just really one class at a time, one course at a time. Did I plan all these, I would want to believe, great things uh, that I'm enjoying right now? A big part of it is taking risks, believing yourself. And we've heard that many, many times. And definitely learning from a lot of mistakes. Uh, learning from each decision. You'll never really get to realize the, the, the consequence of that decision like immediately part of your planning you know it, it goes to different directions that even if I am an OC person like you try to control a lot of things I try to control a lot of things I try to plan my day color coded by the minute uh, I, I can share I can state that I did not plan specifically like five years, um, let's say I can have a gap year, you know, just like somehow how some kids would experience that. In five years, I should get my own condo. In 10 years, I should have traveled the world. In three and a half years, I would have inherited my parents' trust fund and things like that. Mm -hmm. No luxury uh, of those kinds in my, in my adult life. I'm just grateful that I had discovered that kind of special strength in me. I think that because I had already struggles growing up, you know, uh, identity, um, household, some social problems. At one point in college and immediately after graduation, I think I was self ha having all these self-talk that you know, you're done with those things. It, it will never be still as rosy as a path that you would want in your career. Like you'd get promoted, etc. It will still be a journey in itself. But I was telling myself, you have to be kind to yourself um, in as many days as you can. So when I say that I'm taking my PhD right now, did I plan for it? I waited. I believed in sort of science. I believed in some kind of destiny. I believed in what felt right. So did I plan that I will be an administrator for the office of scholarships, uh, as part of the registrar's office, part of Rotary? I'm just glad that people saw potential. I'm studying leadership studies. In one of the many quotes there, the, posi the position seeks the person. I did not apply for these things. I'm, but I'm glad that people saw potential. And I'm glad that I experienced some difficult days. I'm glad that I had a very dedicated staff in my admin work. I'm glad that I had colleagues in the department who challenged me rather than me 
telling myself, I have a junior faculty now who are, I would say, more accomplished than, than I am. And I celebrate their achievements. I'm way past that. Um, days, those days when I get swallowed by, by insecurities, but it becomes, it comes from a place of acceptance. Therefore, since I come from a place of acceptance, I believe that I also can be as generous as I can. Some people took advantage of my kindness, and I want to put it on record. <laughs> of course, it happens. You know, money matters are sensitive. Um, your time being wasted by people being taken advantage of. But I, I guess I was able to surround myself with the right kind of people who, because they were generous to me, my super close friends, and to come from a place where, yeah, I can actually be generous as well without necessarily losing or feeling bad about being generous. So plans are good. I, I, I work on plans all the time, but it's okay to also take some risk, sleep of faith, and also embrace the uncertainty. Yes, I, 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 I can so relate with the examples that you were giving about planning earlier na at, at this age, I should have accomplished this. I should have been to these different countries by, I don't know, like 25, or I should have made my first million by 23, or should be debt-free. You know, whatever those um, plans are that you set up for yourself. And being myself, I actually had so many plans way before, even before when I started all these things, na I, I look into myself, evaluate what I'm doing, um, what my actions would be moving forward. But um, in saying that as well, there were so many things that I thought I wanted. And there were things that I thought I didn't want, but apparently they are good for me because it there are things that I excel in or they are things that make me feel good. And in saying that as well, sir, when did you actually figure out that this is it for me? When did you finally realize that this is what I want to do? It wasn't a specific moment. It became a lifestyle. It became a habit. I wake up at 5, 5.15 and I get ready for a 7 a.m. class. That's on a regular basis. It wasn't hard to wake up for a 7 a.m. class. It just felt natural. But because I was honest about it to myself, the passion became consistent. Because, of course, there are you know, not so good days. There are good days. I also get tired and maybe not. Uh, performing my best in a 7 a.m. class. So since it became an internal motivation, which was reciprocated by the students, it became an overall meaning ex experience that it made sense. Did I consider having careers outside the university, for example? Yes, I did. I mean, I'd look, look at the different job opportunities, but UP... And to all your listeners, UP is a special home. And I'm glad that I was able to root myself in a way that waking up means if I were a tree and 
referring to my metaphor of a of a root. I believe I've I'm I've branched out. There are days, of course, you tempt yourself. Ah, uh, this is no longer for me. There are better opportunities out there. The students, my colleagues, my friends, my mentors, the environment, the academic freedom, they are key reasons as to why I why I chose to stay, why I am as I'm still there. I'm still here. Yeah. Just um to to piggyback on your metaphor, sir. Um having mentioned that you branched out, you're kind of like giving that shade and warmth and cool, like the cool feeling when it's a hot summer day to other people now. It's not just, it's grown bigger than yourself. And I guess that's when things start to fall into place when the things that you do no longer revolve just around yourself. I just wanted to go back to, you know, having plans. And then there are moments wherein, you feel like, is this still right for me? Uh, am I better off being elsewhere? How do you stay, again, just going back to your metaphor, how do you stay rooted? One of the most exciting aspects of being in a university or any academic institution for that matter is you always get fresh perspectives every semester, every class. And while they give you fresh perspectives that challenge yourself Am I still qualified? Am I fit for the job? There's something powerful holding me back. So how do I stay rooted is going back to my humble beginnings, really. It's so easy to get drowned by excellent people. And there are a lot of excellent people in the university. Um, I just look at their life stories, their accomplishments as sources of inspiration, but I still look deeper than and put my feet, keep my feet on the ground. And I believe that uh, I just want to stay because it makes me feel happy, genuinely happy and, and fulfilled to, to be able to offer a shade mm. to other people. That's so much of a bonus. The external validation It's so great to feel like momentarily though. Yeah. And I always tell myself those things don't define me for the large part. Beautiful. And um, I guess I just wanted to highlight the the common problem of comparing yourself yourself to other people. Because even I, I always tend to compare myself in different aspects of my life content that I create, the people that I work with, are they doing a better job than I am? And I guess similar to Sir Ken, um, how I tend to make those feelings positive is I tend to compare myself to another person, which is the old me. And looking back at who who I was, what were my struggles in the past that I no longer have to worry about anymore. I do know that I have moved forward. I have become better. So as long as you keep on, I'd say, moving forward, then uh, that would be a great way to 
to keep yourself focused on the things that you want to. And uh, speaking about habits, I just wanted to ask, sir, do you have like a morning routine that you do? So any any habits that you think contribute to that success that you are currently enjoying? Yeah, I will probably uh, ask you later about it so that you will share your <laughs> inputs. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a nice feeling to have a sort of reference. Right? I do read um, many biographies. I do read uh, some kind of um, self-help books and they would introduce these novel concepts. And now I'm learning as, as, I psycho- as a psychology student, you know, the things about attitudes, behaviors, Um, habits what works for me is to have this principle that there is a group there's beauty in growth where did that come from that there's beauty in growth because it also means embracing changes the habit as far as my version of success is concerned is it should evolve to suit that particular goal or need at a certain time. There are constants that will be non-negotiable. Like even if I tried to be a, an evening person, it just doesn't work. <laughs> The brain is ultra amazing on how it creates certain um, habits you know, that you uh, just happen to continue doing i think those who are able to wake up in the morning or early morning are better off in terms of their productivity although my social scientific self will tell me you have to acknowledge all the different studies about it Mm -hmm. cultural (laughs) factors individual factors genetic factors and then so much so many other things so habit wise uh what has really helped me is that morning lifestyle so i'm not putting value whether it's good or bad but the benefit is i still enjoy the fact that i enjoy the mornings but what's becoming more important is a value for health that i should actually sleep for seven eight hours so i think that's one i mean that's just a beginning so to speak of a powerful habit that a lot of people have i would have to Put on record, though, that each individual, each group, each culture will have their own respective practices if they believe that they're really productive in the evening. I'm just saying that stick to your habits, especially the more beneficial ones, because the morning habit is truly beneficial. This is one, one way of starting the, the conversation about powerful habits. Reading is such a wonderful gift. So aside from sleeping, reading is something I would really emphasize to a lot of people. Even if I'm in the communication field, a substantial way of effective communication relies on what you know. Mm. You cannot fool a generation, a nation for the longest time if you're saying nonsense. People see it, see through it at one point. My last point, although I spoke a lot about the, the morning habit and a bit about reading, I think at this point, I just want to also mention that among the elements of communication I've valued, 
because I've learned how to speak, right? I try to develop people to become better communicators with a certain emphasis on speaking. But one of the most important skills I've learned now getting at a more adult stage in my life is just to quietly listen. It's so information crazy right now, whether it's um, competing for your attention, right? But those moments of silence, that's one example, whether you're doing your meditation, mindfulness, but I've learned through the years, and especially in qualitative research as well, to be academic about it. You know, when you listen to your participants, when you listen to yourself, now I'm becoming more of a listener, although I'm speaking more right now, but listening to my family, my friends, my students, it shifts the entire conversation because your perspectives get to be changed. You get to, you know, it's such a millennial term or a new generation term, right? You're invalidating other people's feelings because they weren't being listened to. And listening is such a gift, wonderful gift that you can share to people. And when the time comes, converse, react, respond. But that moment, that moment of you just listening in, in the most sincere way that you can and absorb and learn and process and feel, just listen and take it all in. And then you'll be surprised at how you can actually become a better communicator after that. So morning, reading, and listening. Such powerful human habits to have in this period of human history. Yeah. Yes. It definitely validates the things that I'm learning and I've been talking about in my podcast. So a way to plug. Uh, please listen to the pre- previous episodes. But anyway, I just wanted to highlight as well what he was saying about the beauty of growth and changing your habits or adjusting them to what your needs are in a particular moment in your life. Uh, I guess uh, second to the last question for the part one of our episode with Sir Ken, what is your why, sir, with everything that you're doing with your life? What is your why? Or who is your why for that matter? Wow. My why is becoming more of being a person for others. I'm grateful for everything I have, truly, I tell you. I'm I'm grateful also for the things that I don't have. Being a person for others is anchored on many things about my educational experiences. Why do I keep? this knowledge, when in fact it was also shared to me. Aside from the freedom and the environment I have, is I would also like to acknowledge the Jesuit education from Ateneo de Manila University. So we also are reminded to be a person for others. Uh, the, the, the popular phrase is, of course, to pay it forward. So I've mentioned references with the university, uh, two universities in UP and Ateneo, but it's also from the 
uh, humble beginnings I have in the province. When you come from a small community, everything becomes you know, special, coordinated, little. And when you get to be in the outside world, we're talking about the entire earth, globe, going to different countries and locating yourself from where you started, you feel like you get to share a bit of your culture, a bit of yourself, a bit of your mistakes, a bit of your about your dreams. Just because I came from a, a two-week visit from my hometown in Iliilo for not having gone home for two years, there was a moment in our house where we had chickens. <laughs> they were noisy, always during Zoom. It was just one morning. I woke up, looked at the trees, listened to the, to the chickens, and makes you think, wow, I'm here in my hometown and my humble home but i've also been to different countries different beautiful places in the philippines and when you magnify that so why did i experience those things maybe it's for me to write about it maybe it's for me to be part of this podcast maybe it's for me to share to my students i receive those gifts and being having received that would make my why, my life, a lot more fulfilling because I know that it's a life meant for other people as well. It can be, very, it can be a very spiritual journey, I tell you. When I start to mention probably all these spiritual figures, religious people, it just dawns on you, it just dawns on you that um, you're meant to, to share these things. My last example is, I think part of my introduction was the Rotary, right? Mm-hmm. So we can join so many organizations out there and they're all wonderful. They're all valid. I believe that my destiny is to be with Rotary. We have a three, I think, letter T's that we usually remind ourselves. Uh, you have your time, talent, and treasure. When, you, uh, when I start to assert or affirm my why, I do have some time, but I would want to believe that I can contribute my talent more. That's why I became the editor-in-chief of the district publication. I do not have much treasure to offer, so to speak, time, talent, treasure. So whatever I can offer, as far as talent is concerned, writing, editing, stories, and a direct answer to your why, then I guess that's my why. I don't think I can add any more to that because it's just so profound what you have said. Uh, I guess the only thing I can express is that I'm very excited to one day read that book that you're going to write. Just because imagine the the conversation that we've had. It's it's less than an hour, and I've learned so much. I'm, and I'm pretty sure the listeners have learned so much as well. And imagine going deeper and seeing things from your point of view in that book would be a really great treasure to everyone. And uh, just to end the podcast with one last question, we have talked about your journey, how you took different leaps of faith. Um, what's your advice to the people who are afraid to get out of their comfort zones? 
I'm trying to recall those times when I gave, you know, the the commencement speech because you're, you're already a speaker <laughs> level. Like, oh, oh dear, I'm I'm am I that old to be able to address um all these young minds uh, about taking leap of faith. My advice is uh, straightforward. You have to really do it. It will be hard, definitely. If I didn't buy that ticket, boat ticket to Manila because I was too, right? There's always a certain extent of being excessive, right? I was too conscious, too afraid, too scared. If I didn't buy that ticket, we wouldn't be having this conversation, so to speak. I wouldn't be able to venture into beautiful campuses, beautiful countries if I didn't do it. Doing it means anticipating to the best of your ability certain consequences. Doing it means crying at night. Doing it means also patting yourself on the back because you've made it to wherever you want to go. Doing it means asking for help. Doing it means surrounding yourself with people who understand you. If you can avoid those people who would give you negative energies. I refer to so many popular quotations about, you know, unless you've tried, then you'll never know, right? Unless you took a risk, then you'll never really know. Some people are privileged that even if they do it and they fail, quote-unquote, miserably, some of them are privileged enough to bounce. Some of them are privileged to, to have someone to comfort them. Some of them are privileged to say that, well, like charge it to life experience as if it didn't hurt you. But doing it means also discovering so much about yourself. And then you get to realize, yes, you have your limitations, but you're actually also limitless, so to speak. When you do it, wake up at 5.30 in the morning. Either you turn off the alarm and ignore it, at least you did it, right? And realize that, okay, for the, for, the, for the heck of me, I'm not really a morning person. And that's changed. Doing it means discovering a lot of possibilities. If I uh, didn't listen to my fans in the world <laughs> and, and my relatives that, yeah, you, do, you can be an a department chair or you, know, you can be a... a you can graduate with honors. Or if I did listen to my org mates, yeah, finish the org application process. <laughs> then I would, would end up, you know, there, you have this moment when you eventually reach a certain space where I don't want to ask as much what if in life because I, have, I don't need to ask that as much as I can because I already have the answer. Mm because I did it. I tried. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, you know what? I'm not going to ruin it by adding any more. I just hope our listeners were actually inspired to 
just do it and metaphorically buy their own boat ticket as well to the best version of themselves. So thank you so much, sir, for gracing us your time. I know you're very busy, but uh, thank you for giving us uh, an hour of your time to discuss these things. And we'll see you in the part two of this episode. I hope you have enjoyed that episode. I really did enjoy having someone in the podcast because that was a really great experience. And if you did enjoy the episode or any of the episodes, actually, please do like our page on Spotify and Apple Podcast. And if you have the time, please leave a review because that would help me and the community grow as well at Tucson Sober Coffee. Um, if you want more content from myself, please visit the Instagram page of the podcast at Tucson's Over Coffee and my personal ones at Sherwin Lurido on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Watch out for the part two of our episode with Sir Ken. And again, before I let you go, please share the love and make someone smile today.